Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 255 of Sean's Oh my goodness, today there is so much to talk about, namely basketball, just so much going on in basketball, nothing about football, very little baseball, and just all basketball, so much to talk about. Uh, recently, Anchor made it, Anchor, for those of you that don't know, is the service that I host my podcast through, so, and by the way, they're an awesome service, but anyway, they recently made it that you can only record for 30 minutes instead of the previous 60 on the the web browser that I use. And with that said, there's so much to talk about that I might have to split this up into two parts, uh, episode 255. I mean, you know, it includes Magic Johnson stepping down as the president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers, Alvin Gentry saying that Anthony Davis got some bad advice, Jeff um, Jeff Bauer becoming the new son's um Vice President R.J. Barrett declaring for the NBA draft, Magic Johnson having approval to fire Luke Walton, the uh, one-and-done rule possibly being gone from the NBA by 2022, LeBron James being stunned by Magic Johnson's exit, Kyrie Irving saying that his season had a lot of BS, Marcus Smart possibly missing the first two rounds for the Boston Celtics in the playoffs, Joel Embiid's playoff status, Dirk Nowitzki dropping 20 points in his last NBA game, um, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and James Harden all possibly snubbing LeBron James in the Space Jam 2 movie. Clayton Kershaw getting set to make his 2019 season debut for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dwayne Wade dropping a triple-double in his last NBA game. The NBA playoff bracket getting being set in stone. Kemba Walker wanting to play, wanting to stay with the Charlotte Hornets. Mike Conley not being interested in the Memphis Grizzlies rebuild. Luke Walton uh, possibly being hired by the Sacramento Kings if he is fired by the Lakers. The Grizzlies firing J.B. Bickerstaff. So as you guys can tell, there's lots to talk about. I probably can't, you know, get to all that in 30 minutes. So because of that, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to separate it into two parts. But before I get into all that, I want to, as you noticed, I mean, every episode that I've done uh, since about December or so has had the legendary UFC ring announcer Bruce Buffer do the introduction. But I didn't even include, uh, include that in this episode because, you know, I wanted to dedicate as much time as possible to all the very interesting things going on in sports. But before I get into all those things, I want to say every episode of my pod is available on every podcast platform that includes iTunes and Spotify, um, you know, 1 through 254 and all the guest interviews. Speaking of guest interviews on my website at seansportstop.com, you can see which famous athletes I've interviewed as well as a brief description and a quick link if you're interested to listen to that specific episode. You can read the articles that I've written under my blog, and you have access to all the episodes through any platform if you go to my website. Again, that's seansportsop.com. And the last thing, if you enjoy the show, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Keep listening. It's much appreciated. And with that, we are getting to it, uh, covering the NBA to start and the NBA throughout, other than one baseball story about Clayton Kershaw. So Magic Johnson shockingly announced on Tuesday he is stepping down from his role as the Los Angeles Lakers president of basketball operations per Bill Oram of The Athletic. He discussed his decision with reporters in a surprise press conference, saying, quote, I think that with team owner Jeannie Buss and I, I want to always pr- preserve our relationship with her, Johnson said per Oram, and I think I had more fun when I was when I was able to b- be the big brother and ambassador. Jeannie doesn't know I'm standing here, he said of Buzz per Dave McMenamin of ESPN. Somebody's going to have to tell my boss because I knew I couldn't be face-to-face and tell her I couldn't stand to tell her. The Hall of Famer returned to the Lakers in an executive role in February of 2017, replacing Mitch Kupchak and Jeannie Buss's incompetent brother, Jim Buss, in the front office. However, there have been questions about his commitment to the role in the past two years. Woj tweeted, quote, 
Since taking over as president of the Lakers, Magic Johnson never fully committed to the job. Often, he was traveling and away from the team. His office hours were limited. He didn't do a lot of scouting. Running an NBA team takes a tremendous amount of time, tre- tremendous commitment of time and energy. So Woj went all in on Magic. Oram reported earlier in the day that Johnson is, quote, seen as an absentee executive, while Ramona Shelburne of ESPN said on the jump he hasn't spoken to head coach Luke Walton in, quote, weeks. Johnson also lamented his inability to speak to other players around the league. Uh, Chris Haynes tweeted, quote, Magic Johnson uh, he says he likes to be free to congratulate players such as Russell Westbrook on when he hit the 2020-20 when he hit the 2020-20 mark. Says he couldn't be himself and he hasn't informed Genie Bus yet. You know he's also multiple times been warned, uh, been fined for tampering about com- he made comments about Paul George and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and this is this is just such a train wreck the Lakers right now. I mean I don't know what's going on as a Laker fan. It's very unfortunate. I. I have to admit, I love Magic Johnson as a player. You know, he's arguably the best Lakers player of all time. He's a nice guy. He's he's smart. There's just nothing bad you can say about Magic. There's nothing bad about the guy. But the way that he stepped down, the way he handled this situation, it really did rub me the wrong way. You know, he held a press conference. He publicly told the media that he was stepping down. He couldn't tell his boss, Jeannie Buss. I mean, if you have such a good relationship just tell her. I mean, even if you can't, even if you don't have the guts, and, you know, I, I don't enjoy saying this, even if you don't have the guts to tell her face-to-face, why not send her a text message? Why do you have to publicly tell the whole world what your intentions are without telling your so-called sister uh, first? That doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, truthfully, I'm not, I'm not, um, what's the word? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bitter at all about this uh, in the sense of how it might help or hurt the Lakers, because I think Magic Johnson stepping down actually helps the Lakers tremendously, as there are guys like David Griffin, Bob Myers, many, many guys uh, that are available that I would not be surprised they're very interested in the in the new opening um, as president of basketball operations for the Lakers that are just much better than Magic Johnson. Um, Magic Johnson only got hired because he's Magic Johnson. Obviously, didn't have any kind of front office experience in the past before he became the president of basketball operations for the Lakers. Same thing goes for the GM, Rob Pelinka, who only got the job because he's Kobe. He was Kobe Bryant's agent. And I think Pelinka needs to be fired too. It also came out that Magic wanted to fire Pelinka and Luke Walton, but Jeannie Buzz didn't let him fire both of them. She was cool with firing Luke, but not cool with firing Rob. So, so much drama. This is like, this is like a soap opera with the Lakers right now. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it affects the Lakers landing some of the free agents this summer. And yeah, so switching gears to more NBA, Anthony Davis has likely played his last game with the New Orleans Pelicans, but head coach Alvin Gentry uh, doesn't think the situation had to unfold quite like this, saying, quote, he's a good kid. Uh, I think he got some bad advice if you want me to be frank. Davis requested a trade from the team in January, although he was not dealt before the trade deadline. He is expected to be traded during the offseason. He informed the Pelicans he would not sign an extension if it was offered, even though they can offer him the most money by far compared to any other team. Um, so that's, that's the latest Alvin Gentry thinks that AD got bad advice. I don't know what to think of this. Um, I don't know much about Alvin Gentry. I only really was hearing things about him only when the Lakers and Pelicans were, you know, talking about that entity Davis trade near the trade deadline earlier in the season. So that's really all I know about him, but you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to elaborate because, uh, there's really no reason to. So transitioning to more NBA, 
Um, you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to say transitioning to more NBA, switching gears, as I'd like to say, to more NBA or any of that kind of thing. Because literally on this episode, there's like 25 things to talk about. And 24 out of 25 are, you know, things that have to do with the NBA. But whether it's the playoffs, whether it's trades, whether it's Magic Johnson, whether it's injuries, whether it's people playing in their last game, it's all basketball. So I'm not going to keep saying switching gears to more basketball, you know, transitioning to more NBA uh, news. I mean, there's just no point. So anyway, more NBA. The Phoenix Suns are set to name Jeff Bauer as the team's senior vice president of basketball operations, according to John Gumbadoro of Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Bauer previously served as general manager for the then New Orleans Hornets from 2005 to 2010 and Detroit Pistons from 2004 through last year. The front office opening first came available when the team fired Ryan McDonough just before the start of the 2018-19 season. James Jones and Trevor Bookstein took over as co-interim general managers for McDonough. I didn't even know that was possible. Phoenix finished the year at 19-63, and giving them the worst conference, worst record in the Western Conference for the third year in a row. They began interviewing candidates for VP of the basketball operations with the intention that Jones could continue the front office decision-making power per Woj of ESPN. Bauer, though, separated himself from the field and earned the job. So this seems like a good hire for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, there's just only one way to go for them. Um, you know, and that's up. They finished with the worst record in the Western Conference three seasons in a row. They had James Jones um, and some other guy that I never heard of be the co-interim general manager. So that just shows you how much of a dumpster fire that franchise has been. But they do have some young talent. Uh, that's an understatement. They have Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, Josh Jackson has been playing well. They have a bust in Dragon Bender, if that's worth anything. Um if they, can, if they can trade for someone like Lonzo Ball or sign a free agent this summer, um, you know, they'll be, they'll be a, a pretty good team. But other than that, it's a very tough situation to be in. Um, I guess I have to say switching gears to more basketball because there's no, there's no really good way to transition between stories. So covering more basketball, you know the deal. To the surprise of absolutely nobody, Duke Blue Devils star R.J. Barrett declared his eligibility for the 2019 NBA draft on Wednesday. He tweeted, quote, I want to thank God, my family, my coaches, and everyone that has helped me reach this decision. He's only 18 years old, but he is expected to be a top five pick in this year's draft. He has long been considered one of the top, top prospects of this class, alongside his Duke teammates, Zion, Will- his Duke teammates, Zion Williamson and Cam Reddish, and Murray State guard John Morant. In February, Sam Vecini of The Athletic spoke to several college basketball assistants about Barrett. One coach said, quote, I like him. I like his alpha mentality, and I think he'll become really good. But in the thing that scares me about the NBA is that alpha mentality. I'll be very interested to see how that fits in with the team that drafts him. Another coach added, quote, scorer's mentality. He had no interest in guarding. He had an interest He had an interest in gambling and going for steals. He's very left-hand dominant. In my scout, I thought Reddish had a higher ceiling. Um, one of the coaches noted that Barrett's ideal position in the NBA would be, quote, tall point, doubting whether he would develop into a great shooter. Most agreed that he was excellent off the dribble and attacking the basket. He definitely did get buckets. The true freshman averaged 22.6 points a game, uh, adding 7.5 rebounds and 4.3 assists a game. But he did shoot 45.4% from the field and only 30.8% from three, which is just not going to cut it. You know, if you shoot that badly from three um, in college, how is that going to translate into the NBA? One could argue that there is no direct, cor- like uh, immediate direct correlation and there's still time to develop. But personally, at the moment, I would take Zion Williamson, John Morant, um, Jared Culver, and Cam Reddish over R.J. Barrett in that order. That's just me personally. So possibly even Trey Jones, to be quite honest with you. 
Um, so now covering more NBA, this does affect college basketball in a big way, what I'm about to talk about. The NBA and MBPA have reportedly set their sights on 2022 as the target date to end the one-and-done rule. Per ESPN's Woj, the NBA and the Players Union have resumed talks in recent weeks in an attempt to change the league's minimum age requirement to 18 years old before the 2022 draft. Talks for changing the NBA's current one-and-done rule have been ongoing and apparently slow moving to this point. Woj reported last April that the league and players were discussing a potential change that targeted 2020 as the earliest possible date for high schoolers to enter the draft. And I'm not, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that I covered that on my podcast now one year ago. Uh, so that's the latest. You know, at first, I was really certain that this was the right thing to do, that, you know, screw the one and done. Don't force the players to go to college. Um, that also prevents there's, – there's just multiple – um, both sides have very valid points in this very sp- in this uh, specific situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, both sides have very specific uh, valid points. Not not very specific. Both sides have valid points. Um, like if you, sorry, I, I'm just uh, can't focus for some reason. I, I've never had this this feeling before. So. If they get rid of the one-and-done rule, that means players can go straight out of high school, uh, which also means that you know teams will be drafting more on potential even more and with even less sample size. They won't see them play at the collegiate level, only out of high school. And yes, that did work for Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, but you know if, if they're uh, guys that are amazing in college and then bust in the NBA, who knows how many kinds of players like that there would be coming out of high school. But then, you know, another... another um, Another pro reason for getting rid of the one-and-done rule is that that prevents colleges from paying players under the table, uh, paying their families to get them to come to those colleges. Um, yeah, so, so there are just multiple ways to look at it. Um, if I had to pick, I would say get rid of the rule because it just creates so much chaos for everyone involved. Even if you just don't look at it from a sports perspective and just think about, for example, the professors at the university that just have to deal with these student-athletes that everyone knows they don't really want to go to class. They don't really have to go to class. But these professors, they have to accommodate the schedules just because the MBA, uh, you know, forces the players to at least go to one year of college. And I mean, there's just no point. Force them to go at least two years, graduate, whatever. But it's just if you force them to go for one year and then you could go to the MBA draft, that's so willy-nilly, willy-vanilly. It, like, <laughs> it's so willy-nilly. It, it's just like... You have one foot in the door and one foot in the banana peel, as my old music teacher, Mr. Williams, loved to say. You're not going this way. You're not going that way. Either let them come out of high school or force them to stay in college for the foreseeable future. That's my view. So now switching gears to more NBA, to nobody's surprise. So Lakers star LeBron James was reportedly, quote, stunned to learn that Magic Johnson has stepped down as the Lakers president of basketball operations. This is according to Ramona Shelburne. So ESPN.com cited reports from Shelburne and Woj of ESPN. The report reads, quote, League sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that Johnson and general manager Rob Palinka visited with James and his agent Rich Paul on Saturday. Head coach Luke Walton participated in exit meetings with players Wednesday, sources told Shelburne. Johnson offered no indication that he was on the brink of leaving the team, sources said. Johnson said he did not tell James about his decision to leave before making his announcement either. Shelburne also reported that James stands behind Lakers owner Jeannie Buss and the organization. 
So, you know, I, I don't know why Magic Johnson did this so out of the blue and gave nobody any kind of indication. Why not tell LeBron James someone that, you know, those are two guys that definitely have a lot of mutual respect for each other. Otherwise, LeBron James would not commit. Uh, he would not commit at least three years to a, to a Laker team that missed the playoffs five years in a row with Johnson and Palinka, two knuckleheads running the front office with a bunch of young guys and a bunch of old clowns for lack of a better word, on the team. He would not commit to all those things if the, if Magic Johnson and LeBron James did not have a lot of mutual respect for one another. Um, so with that said, with that being pretty obvious, that begs the question why Magic Johnson didn't literally did not tell anybody about anybody that is of importance about his decision uh, to step down as the president of basketball operations. Why was it so out of the blue? What was so bad about telling LeBron or Rich Paul or Rob Palenka or Jeannie Buss or anybody else or the Laker players or the coaches? What was so, so bad there? Like what, what I'm thinking is there had, there had to be something else. You know, Magic also said that he would have to make a tough decision after the season was over and everyone is rightfully assuming that, that, that he meant firing head coach Luke Walton. But I just, I feel like there's something else to it. I don't get what was so crazy, what was going on behind the scenes that Magic Johnson did not feel comfortable in telling LeBron James or his quote-unquote sister, Jeannie Buss, um, that he was going to step down. You know, it's very interesting, and I, I would love to find out. So now covering more NBA, Boston Celtics point guard Kyrie Irving told reporters Wednesday the 2018-19 season presented, quote, a lot of BS though he said he was referring to himself and how he felt he could have handled certain situations better, saying, quote, I had a lot of questions, a lot of things that weren't being answered straight up about what it takes to be a great professional in this league. I think the frame of that is just outdated in terms of what you have to be every single day. It's not that hard, you know what I mean. I think the media and all the stuff that comes with it, I think that's an, I, I think that it's an exciting part of that you've got to be aware of. But the real part is literally what I used to wake up every single morning to do, and that's to put the ball in the hoop and be really great at it. The 27-year-old Irving, who clearly still very young, said he's been ready to move forward and put the drama from this season in the rearview mirror as he gears up for the playoffs, saying, quote, I just have a genuine love for the game and just want to be back to this point playing at the highest level. Stats go out the window. Everything else in terms of what has happened and transpired throughout the regular season goes out the window. I think just everything is about the true essence of basketball. Nothing else about the drama or or extracurricular stuff. I'm excited to be focused on the game and actually talk about basketball instead of sensationalism. I'm just happy about that. So the Celtics finished the season at a pretty respectable 49-33 and 33 and are the number four seed in the playoffs where they have a tough matchup against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup, but I think the Celtics will pull through pretty easily simply because the Pacers don't have Victor Oladipo. You know, they did still manage to fall from only the three seed to the five seed, you know, after losing Oladipo to a season-ending leg injury. I, By the way, I pray that he will be the same. I'm, um, I hope his recovery is going well. But this should be a fairly easy uh, series for the Celtics. And as for Kyrie... You know, this is yet another, even though he backtracked and he said that what he's claiming or what he's saying about the the BS, I can't say that word. This is a family-friendly podcast. Um, but even though he, he kind of backtracked and said that he was referring to that as some of the things that he could have handled better, just the way that he worded it, even before he, he made that clarification, whether that clarification is true or not, the way he worded it, it just seems like he's, he's kind of done in Boston. I feel like he wants out. Uh, I, may be, I may be biased because I would love to see him in a Laker uniform reunited with LeBron James, his old teammate with Cleveland. But just to me, all the signs are, are pointing to him leaving Boston after the season. But that is uh, contingent on how deep of a run the, the Boston Celtics make in the playoffs. 
you know, obviously if they win the NBA championship and dethrone the Golden State Warriors, the dynasty that they've been, then, you know, I would definitely not expect them to leave. But let's say they lose the first lose first round to the Pacers or second round to someone else, I definitely w- uh, would have my money on Kyrie Irving leaving the Boston Celtics. Speaking of the Boston Celtics, we have more on them and something that might directly affect their potential deep playoff run and how that affects Kyrie Irving and whether or not he stays. So Boston Celtics guard Marcus Smart may miss the first two rounds of the playoffs. On Wednesday, Woj of ESPN reported Smart has a torn left oblique and could be out until the Eastern Conference Finals should his team make it that far. Smart, he's only 25 years old, but he's averaged 9 points and 4 assists per game this season, shooting 42.2% from the floor and 36.4% from 3. His stats don't really show or don't really reflect, I should say, what he's capable of. Uh, very similar to Lakers point guard Lonzo Ball. People call him a bust because he doesn't put up the big numbers. But both of, the, both of these guys, Lonzo and Smart, are so good defensively, so aggressive defensively. And some of the things they do just don't, don't show up on the stat sheet and just not are not an accurate representation of how much of an impact they have for their respective teams. Um, and with that said, I think this is a huge loss for the Boston Celtics. He is definitely their best defensive player. There's no debating that. That's just a fact. He is also probably... Um, the most the player that hustles the most the player that i wouldn't say works hard the most but he definitely you know jumps for all the loose balls he's he's that hard-working guy that puts in that extra effort during the game to make sure that his team gets the w and with that said i think this is a big loss for the boston celtics speaking of potential losses and eastern conference playoffs joel Embiid is sitting out wednesday's game uh wednesday season finale against the chicago bulls with left knee soreness and the, and the issue might keep him sidelined for the start of the playoffs General Manager Elton Brand said Wednesday that, quote, it's possible Embiid won't be ready for the postseason per Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. However, he added that he is, quote, optimistic the center will play in Game 1 this weekend per Serena Winters of NBC Sports Philly. So that's that's the latest on Embiid. Obviously, you know, Joel Embiid is the 76ers' best player. Yes, he's better than Ben Simmons, uh, obviously. And, you know, I would be very, very, very surprised if uh, Joel Embiid does not suit up for game one of the playoffs for the Philadelphia 76ers, just knowing how competitive he is by nature. And, you know, they're, they're calling it left knee soreness. I mean, if his knee is sore, that's something that after a day or two should be fine. I mean, if it's not, then it's not soreness anymore. It's some other issue, it's some other injury. So if it's just soreness, he should be ready to go. And uh, I hope he's good. So switching gears to more NBA, what a career it has been for Dirk Nowitzki. The Dallas Mavericks were unable to send, to send Dirk Nowitzki out with a win in his last game the Spurs beat the Mavericks and spoiled Dirk's last game um, with a 105 to 94 win San Antonio has now won three games in a row while the Mavericks saw their own two game winning streak come to an end they're also um, able to avoid the Western Western Conference's number eight seed with the win meaning they will not have to face the Golden State Warriors in the first round so what a career it has been for Dirk Nowitzki he's an absolute legend I wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors uh, it was a pleasure watching him. He's arguably the best power forward of all time. He's a he's a very nice guy. And, um, yeah, so congrats on a great career, Dirk, if you ever hear this. Covering more basketball, um, the Los Angeles Lakers missing the playoffs is not the only problem that LeBron James is facing. According to Tatiana Siegel of The Hollywood Reporter, some of the league's marquee stars likely will not be joining him in Space Jam 2. Siegel noted Under Armour athlete Stephen Curry and Adidas athlete James Harden likely won't be in it because of shoe rivalries as, quote, Nike is essential to the Space Jam franchise. The report pointed out to the fact that uh, the first one starring Michael Jordan was based on a Hair Jordan commercial for Nike. According to Siegel, Kevin Durant likely won't be in the movie either, even though he is a Nike athlete because he is, quote, pursuing his own Hollywood efforts. 
So it looks like KD and LeBron will be rivals, not just on the basketball court. That's that's pretty cool. Giannis also won't be joining LeBron as um, he said he just doesn't like the drama. He doesn't want to be in Hollywood. But, you know, I've seen and I respect that. But I have seen Giannis Antetokounmpo in some commercials. So I mean, maybe that's not the real reason. So switching gears to the MLB. Yes, I am 100% serious. I am not joking. We are covering something on episode number 255 of Sean Sports Up that is not the NBA. The Los Angeles Dodgers will reportedly have their ace back on Monday. According to a Tuesday report, Thursday report, excuse me, from um, Dodgers insider, Clayton Kershaw will make his 2019 season debut against the Cincinnati Reds on Monday. The lefty is yet to pitch this year because of lingering shoulder concerns. He, um, he will take Julio Urias' spot in the rotation following his second rehab start in AA. And we'll see what Kershaw does. This is a big addition for us. I think it was because I'm a big Dodger fan. And yeah, now switching gears to the NBA, you know, that we all know and love. And I'm approaching, we're currently at like 24 minutes and 53 seconds. So we're going through this pretty quickly. I won't be able to squeeze it all in in 30 minutes, but I think I'll just uh, cover the rest on, you know, the next episode that includes the LA sports. I'll save that for the next episode. But first, we have some on Dwayne Wade. He also played his last uh, game. Dwayne Wade's legendary career came to an end with a 113-94 Miami. He lost to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, he went out with a triple-double, only the fifth of his career, which is pretty unbelievable, posting 25 points, 11 rebounds, and uh, 10 assists. And yeah, so congrats to D. Wade also on a stellar career. So now covering the NBA playoff bracket, which is now set and official. So... Um, yeah, so in the East, we have the number eight Detroit Pistons versus the number one Bucks. I have the Bucks winning that series easily. Number seven, Orlando Magic versus number two, Toronto Raptors. The Raptors win that one easily. Number six, Brooklyn Nets and number three, Philadelphia 76ers. This is a very interesting one because the Nets have been playing very well lately. And the Sixers, will they have them beat for the start of the series? We don't know. I'm going to say 76ers in, in uh, five or six games on this one, though. Indiana Pacers and Boston Celtics. I'm going to say Boston Celtics in six games on this one. Then in the West, we have the number eight LA Clippers and number uh, one Golden State Warriors. I think the Clippers will give the Warriors a fight, but I think it'll be just, you know, the overpower of the Clippers. I got the Warriors in five. And the number seven San Antonio Spurs and number two Denver Nuggets. This is a very interesting series because, yes, the Nuggets have been playing amazing. You know, for a while, they were the number one seed in the loaded Western Conference over the dynasty of Golden State Warriors. But the Spurs are the Spurs. You know, they have Popovich. They don't have Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tim Duncan, or Kawhi Leonard like they did in years past. But they still have Popovich. They're still the Spurs. They can't be overlooked. And because of that, I do have the Nuggets winning the series, but I have it in six games. Then you have the number six, Oklahoma City Thunder, and number three, Portland Trailblazers. Unfortunately for Blazer fans, I believe that this is going to be the second year in a row where the Blazers will, be, will lose in the first round after finishing number three in the loaded Western Conference. I got the Thunder winning this one in five games. And then a very interesting series in number five, Utah Jazz, and number four, Houston Rockets. You know, I got the Houston Rockets winning this one in five games. Um, I just think they're the better team. I think they just match up against the Jazz. Well, it's a rematch of last year, but I think the Rockets will take care of business. And with that, let's see how, what we're at. We're at 27.20, so I could maybe do one more one more story. Yeah, let's do one more. So as he gets as he gets set to hit free agency, all-star guard Kemba Walker pleaded his allegiance to the Charlotte Hornets on Thursday. So he said, quote, nothing's changed. This is where I want to be. Um, so, you know, he ma- he's making it clear that he wants to be in Charlotte. And... Um, 
you know, there were some rumors that he wanted to maybe come back home to New York, play in a big market. But I read an article on Bleacher Report on why Kemba loves Charlotte and why he fits in so well. He doesn't want to be, you know, he's obviously a celebrity. He's a, one, of, one of the top point guards in the NBA. The, so he's going to be a celebrity. But he is in a pretty small market in Charlotte. Uh, so even in, sometimes in his own city, people don't recognize him. And he likes it like that. He likes to be a low-key, quiet kind of guy. Uh, he's a nice guy, but just a guy that he, he's a lot like Giannis. He, he just does takes care of business, and then he's just a regular guy. He doesn't. He's not with, with that Hollywood stuff. And so that's why staying in Charlotte makes sense for him. I would love to have him on the Lakers, and I would love to see him, if not on the Lakers, in some big market team like the Nets or the Knicks. But, you know, that's that. So with that, um, you know, let me – yeah, with that, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call that an episode for for today. This was number 255. Still not sure if I'm just gonna split it up into two. I might, you know, I might split it up into two. The second one will be shorter, but I'll have in depth coverage on the LA sports teams. So this is episode number 255, part one that you just listened to. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.